Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And today I'm joined by the gorgeous Sheena Shea, fellow Dear Media podcaster, and you have your show Shenanigans, former TV actress and reality star from Vanderpump Rules, which I was hooked on. So welcome. And I'm super happy to have you. Well, I was a big watcher of the show, so I'm fascinated, but I'm also fascinated as we we began to get into when I came on your podcast, your relationships. Yes, I know. I want to get into it. Thank you for having me. I love that we have matching mics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we love pink. I know. Well, I'm actually, so I was looking at your sort of relationship past and I, you know, I said to you, I mean, you're still only 37. So I think, you know, you've been through quite a lot already, having been in a relationship for 13 years, had an affair with a married man, remarried, had a baby, all of these kind of things. I think what I'm quite interested in is having an affair with a married man, because I know you're quite open about it. So you've spoken about it before, and I haven't really had anyone on the the show that's sort of been the other woman. And I'm actually quite fascinated from a relationship from that standpoint, because a lot of people have affairs. I I defy anyone, you know, like, I mean, literally, I think I I listened to a TED talk and they say 78% of people have affairs in a lifetime. So all all of you out there, judgy wudgy bears can stay in your seat and just, you know, listen to it from everyone's point of view, I think. So when you, you had an affair with Eddie Chebrian, okay, who was married to Brandy Glanville at the time. He married, I thought he was having an affair with, who's he married to? Leanne Rhymes. Yes. Did he have an affair Same with her? Same time. Same yeah. time. Okay, yeah. here we go. This is great. <laughs> so um, first of all, how does that, I mean, you didn't know Brandy at the time, I presume. I didn't know he was married at the time. I was 21. I just graduated college. I just moved to Hollywood. This was 2006. So way before social media, before iPhones, before any of that kind of stuff, I met him at a bar I worked at. He never once wore a wedding ring. There were no signs that he was married. We would 
go out together in public all the time. He took me to many different places. Like we went on a couple trips together and I had no reason to ever believe he was married. And then I don't know, maybe six, eight months in, I mean, it was very casual. He was never like a serious boyfriend of mine. I was 21. I was single for the first time after a seven year relationship. And I was just having fun. I was seeing other people as well. And then I heard from my mom, actually, she read something in a newspaper and she was like, wait, that actor you've been hanging out with, he was on a show called Third Watch, right? And I was like, yeah, I've never seen it, but I know he was on that. She goes, oh, interesting. In today's morning paper, in like the star news, it says that him and his wife of however many years are expecting their second child. And so I was like, hang on a minute. Why wouldn't you, you never Googled him? I, I don't even think I really had a laptop at the time. To be honest, I was a broke college graduate. Like I had, I didn't have an Apple computer. I remember I had like an IBM or whatever it was with this weird little mouse thing. Like I'd never used my computer. I would go to an internet cafe and print out my resumes and my headshots and do all of that stuff. Like I just, I didn't think, oh, I should go and Google this guy I met at a bar who's never worn a wedding ring and makes out with me in public. I had no reason to just Google him. That seemed weird to me. Cause I mean, anything I wanted to know about him, I asked him. I think I looked at his IMDB once because I was curious what he had acted in. But then I never, I just never thought to Google anybody in my life. I never had a reason to, but I mean, now, you know, lesson learned. Now I'll Google everyone. Well, you're in LA as well. You know, well, you're 21. You can't really be blamed. But I do find it like, well, men and women, everybody does it really. I think, you know, he was a serial cheater. There were two of you at the same time and he was married. I mean, at 21, don't you fall in love quite easily? I mean, were you heartbroken or? No, I mean, I was bummed out. Like we had a great time together, but I wasn't in love with him. It ended really quickly. And then I didn't speak to him for probably eight months. I literally stopped working at my job on Tuesday nights. He would always come in Tuesday nights for their poker games. I started a hosting class on Tuesday, so I was never even tempted to pick up a shift. And then about eight months goes by, this class ends, a girlfriend asked me to pick up a shift, and I'm like, what are the chances he still comes in to play, you know, poker on Tuesdays? And it was like every other Tuesday. So I worked that night, and then I see him get out of the elevator, and I was just like, and I had even asked him about it before when I heard, and he said it was a lie, it was a lie. And then once I saw the newspaper, I'm like, dude, come on, tell me. And then that's when he admitted it. So uh, there were rumors before, but I chose to believe him. You know, he said that they were separated. He told me that they weren't living together anymore. He got a place in Malibu. And I'm like, well, I, at the time, 21, I like to go out and drink after work. I'm like, I'm not driving to Malibu to go to your house. You can come to mine. So people were like, well, wasn't that a red flag? You never went to his house. I'm like, I never wanted to. Like, who lives in Hollywood wants to drive to Malibu at 2 a.m. after drinking all night? Like, I'm not going to do that. And I couldn't afford a cab. There were no Ubers back then. So I never thought anything was weird. And then when he told me they were separated, you know, he was in Malibu, she was in the Valley, and I chose to believe him. So we started talking again. And that's when I found out, like, I don't know if it was like a month or two months in or whenever it was, again, very casual, 
but that's when I found out he was talking to Leanne Rhymes. And then that was in tabloids and that was everywhere. And I've never spoken to him again since the day I found that out. And do you think she knew about you? Well, she definitely did after because then I was getting asked to do interviews and whatnot. So I went very public with it, not even thinking at the time what that would do to Brandy. And that's why I wanted to sit down and apologize to her. I was only thinking of myself in that moment. And I was like, and at the time he also told me he was separated. So then I find out like, He's not separated. He's also cheating on her with Leanne. And then there's me. And now we're both the other women. And it was just a mess. Oh my but God. for everyone to say I was the home wrecking whore, I'm like, she's the one who's still with him, not me. Well, also, I always think, you know, I mean, he, you can't take someone that doesn't want to be taken. So yeah. And blame the man. He's the one who cheated. I didn't have an affair on anyone. I was single living my best life. I wasn't in a relationship cheating on my pregnant spouse. No, and you're 21 as well. So exactly. what made you decide, and actually that's quite admirable and quite grown up, like, I mean, at such a young age to then say, I'm going to face the wife. That's quite hardcore. Well, once I had an opportunity to, I didn't want to miss that opportunity. I didn't you know, really know how to get a hold of her then. Again, no social media when this was all going on. So when I was working at Sir and I found out she was now a part of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I was going to be working this party she was at, I'm like, I need to say something. But that first day, like, I don't have a mic on. To this day, I won't know if that was planned. Obviously, I'm sure it was, but I'm just there with a tray of goat cheese balls, passing them out. And I see her and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, like, I can't be doing this right now. I just was not prepared for that conversation. So I went home that night and then I spoke to Lisa and I'm like, look, I need to, you know, she's your, a friend of yours. She's going to be coming into the restaurant. I don't want to be getting sent home every time she comes in because she's uncomfortable. I'm around. I need every penny I can make as a waitress right now. Like I remember if I didn't get five shifts a week, I would cry because I couldn't pay my rent. So I couldn't have this be something that was now affecting my work. So I was like, look, I want to sit down with her if she's willing and I want to explain my side and I want to apologize. And it was one of the scariest conversations I've probably ever had because she didn't want to hear anything really I had to say. She didn't care about my tears. She was like, he was my husband. You did this to me and then you went public and you didn't think about me. And like, I'm sitting on my couch crying and I see you on entertainment tonight. And I'm like, you're right. I did not think of what that would do to you. And for that, I mean, forever, I'm so sorry. And her and I have now gotten to a good place where, you know, we can text and we're friendly and we keep saying we're going to do each other's podcast and we haven't made it happen yet. And I need to make that happen. You need to make that happen, actually. That yes, would be a great podcast. And I think, I think it's an important one, as I said, because you know, being so open about these things. I mean, when she's, I think, I mean, I don't know Brandy, but I, th I know that she's been incredibly vocal about the pain of her relationship and it took her a, a long, long time to get over it all. If ever, I don't know if she has or she hasn't now. But I think, you know, when you are the wife and you're the last to know, I think it's quite hard and I think it's very hard to move on. So maybe talking to you w would be some sort of closure for, for mm -hmm. a woman. And just to know, I think for other women out there, I, I don't know why women are so 
quick to blame the other woman. It's not like everybody runs out looking at, especially if you're 21. I absolutely don't think 21 year olds run out to find a married man, you know? No, he was a good looking guy with dimples who was my type and was an actor in LA, like every other good looking guy in LA. I mean, I just never thought, oh, that guy who doesn't have a wedding ring on. I wonder if he's married. I mean, uh, no, and it's not your position to. At the end of the day, he's he was the adult, you were not. But it sounds like, as I said, you know, this is something that is not uncommon for him. And, you know, so you were just one of a few. So there you go. Definitely. So let's take a little pause from the show. And it's back to school. It's exam time. It's a really difficult time for most people. The kids are all back. Um, you've got to go back to work and life sort of gets on top of you. I know that I've got three kids going three different directions. I've got to do school uniforms. I've got to do their, you know, each one has a weekly calendar, all the play dates. And it's one of the busiest times of years for anyone. So it's really good for me to have a therapist that is on hand easily with no scheduling needed because frankly I can't schedule anything right now it you know but it's so important to prioritize your mental health and wellness every day getting the help you need has never been so simple than it is now with Talkspace because you're so able to easily access your provider from the comfort of your device which means it can be done on your schedule whether you're sort of in a school pickup line, watching soccer, or, you know, in the office, frankly, you can text your therapist, you can video message her or him, you can send, you know, email them, whatever's the best way for you, you will have your dedicated therapist in talk, your Talkspace platform, which allows you to update them on the challenges and triumphs you're facing in real time. So you don't have to wait for an appointment. It's so convenient. Talkspace has your therapist, as I said, in your back pocket. You can meet them wherever you are. It's therapy on the go. And you can communicate with them at any time that suits you. So let's get started today. And for all you amazing parents out there, I want to offer you $100 off your first month with Talkspace. And to match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure you use the code DND to get $100 off your first month. Show your support for the show. That's DND, Talkspace.com. Don't forget, it isn't giving in. It's setting yourself up for a better future. So go to Talkspace.com and use the code DND. Let's get back to the show. So you had a relationship before for 13 years. How old were you then? No, I had seven, like high school and college, and then another seven, my relationship and marriage. Oh, another seven-year relationship. Okay, so what went yeah. wrong in your relationship and marriage? Well, I found out after we had gotten married that he not only had a drinking problem, but he also was taking a lot of painkillers on a daily basis behind my back and had been our whole relationship. And I never noticed, I never knew because that was how he was from the day we started dating. And years into the relationship, I had had an oral surgery and I didn't want to take the medication for it. I was fine. And I woke up one day and I had 
really bad period cramps. My mouth was in pain. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take one of those pills just to like feel better when I go to work. And I go and the whole bottle was empty. And right then it was just like, I just, I knew it was him. There were times when we were out where all of a sudden he was just so drunk. And I'm like, how did you get that drunk so quick? And then I'm like, I wonder if he was like also taking painkillers because you take that, you have a couple beers, you're just like off your rocker. So that moment was huge for me because that's when I knew he had a problem, but he was my husband and I was willing to do anything I could to help him. And we worked on it for about eight months. I got like, I wasn't drinking at all. I just said, you know, I'll be sober with you. I support you. And then a few months into that, he was like, no, you know, you don't have a problem. You can drink at the New Year's Eve party. It, it makes me more uncomfortable that you're not. And so I was like, okay, sure. I'll have a glass of champagne at midnight. And then life was kind of going back to normal. And then, oh, even before this happened also, I found out he was talking to another woman behind my back. And uh, I chose to move on from that because it wasn't physical. It was just emotional. And I was like, okay, we'll work on it. Maybe I haven't been present and that's why you've needed this attention somewhere else. Like I'll work on myself. We'll work on us. Then the pills. Then after all of that, I thought he had been sober for a while. He's starting to lose weight. He's looking healthier. He's spending a lot more time in the music studio, but I just thought, you know, he's really focusing, just trying to make money for our family one day. And that was when I found out that he had switched from painkillers to Adderall and was buying them off a friend of mine and lying and saying they were for someone in his band. And that moment, I just, I knew he was lying to me again. And I sat down with him on camera. And in that moment, if he would have said, yes, I'm sorry, I have a problem. I would have taken every penny I had and put him in rehab and stood by his side. But he lied to my face. And I knew for a fact that he was buying these pills and everything just made sense once I found this out. So in that moment, I was like, I, I want a divorce. You're not someone I could ever trust with my children. If you're looking at me and so it was so convincingly that I just, I would have believed it if I didn't have this piece of information because he was such a good liar. And that was one thing I never thought he was. I always thought he was so honest. And in that moment, I was just like, I'm, I am so far checked out. I want a divorce as soon as possible. I mean, I think I remember watching all this unfold on the show because didn't you get married at Lisa Van Der Pont's yeah. house? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, so while you're going through all of this, which is hard enough as it is, you're doing it on, you know, on the show with reality TV cameras. And I think you've had a lot of your life, you know, your young life on the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you manage to juggle all of those emotions? Like, because... It's hard enough doing the show. I mean, I know, you know, the, the fights you get into, the, the, it's very real. Everything's real. And it's mm -hmm. very stressful. And to be able to find the right type of man when you're doing a show like that anyway. And I think, you know, looking at back, because you met him quite soon after you'd broken up with the other guy, with your, or you'd had a few rebound relationships. We went to high school together. So yeah. I had known him since we were 15 years old. We oh, just wow. didn't start dating until I was like, 25, 26. Okay. That's amazing. So I, yeah. I saw, you know, I saw that and he looked so sweet. So it was such a shock to see this story unfold for you because it looked yeah. like, I mean, it kind of felt like you'd found your sort of rock at that point, because I think mm -hmm. you had quite a hard time in between. 
And seeing yeah. someone like that, I think, you know, we all sort of wanted you to have found your happily ever after. Yeah. So it's really brave to actually cut someone off like that and and know that it's over because I mean half of LA takes Adderall why why mm -hmm. is it just it was the lies rather than the pills yeah it was the lies I mean if it was just a, a recreational thing and occasionally you know we went out some people do coke some people drink some people pop a Vicodin I saw nothing wrong with it back then in the beginning of our relationship I knew he would sometimes take a painkiller when we went out Sometimes I did back then too. I'm like, oh, sure. I only have to have one beer and I still get a buzz, but I don't have an addictive personality. I don't have that addiction in me. So for me, it was just a little party here, a party there. And I thought nothing else of it. And then years in when we started noticing patterns or there was a pill on the floor in my house or a pill on the floor at my parents' house. And he always had an excuse. He's like, oh, well, you know, like uh, Tom Sandoval was over and he takes Adderall, so it was probably him. And then I'm like, mm, you're right, he was over last night, like maybe it was. And then my dad has chronic pains that he is prescribed certain painkillers for. And so he's like, oh, your dad probably dropped it. Like there was just always an excuse that I chose to believe him because I'm like, well, why would he lie to me? And, you know, that was probably very naive of me, but I chose to believe the person I married. Was it impacting your day-to-day -day life? Eventually, yeah. In the first years of our relationship, I mean, it was just very fun and lighthearted. And I mean, we both worked in nightlife, bars, industry, and we would go out late and we would drink. And I just, I really didn't see an actual problem until... I did like until years in and you know, that whole bottle of pills was gone. I never knew how much he was taking because he would hide it. It's not like there was a bottle that was then empty until it was mine and it was empty. And that's when I just, I knew. But he was functioning. You mean he could go to work? He was earning Completely. his money. Yeah. No one, no one would ever know. And that was the thing. It was our whole relationship. So I would just have no clue that he was anything but sober because that's, how he was every day. And so now you are engaged. Yes. Again, and about to be married. This is very exciting. So tell me about your future husband. Yes. So Brock and I met at an after party down in San Diego almost three years ago. I obviously thought he was very attractive from the beginning, but then I heard the accent on top of it. And I was like, oh my God. I love a Kiwi or Aussie accent, it's literally like my favorite next to a British accent. So I started talking to him and I told him that I, six months prior, I was in Australia and New Zealand, showed him some photos. And then we hit it off that night, but didn't exchange numbers or anything. I went back to my hotel, he went home and then he slid in the DMs the next day. We ended up going and meeting up to go back to this music festival together and he just never left me alone after that. He was very persistent and I was very single at the time. I did not want a relationship, but I'm like, this guy isn't giving up. He's very interested and I haven't had that in a really long time. So maybe I give him a chance and, you know, I see where it goes and what's the worst that happens. It works out or it doesn't, you know, been there, done that. I think that's... But here we are. I think that's really interesting because... You're absolutely right. Sergio didn't give up. 
And mm -hmm. he was so persistent, even though I thought it was wrong and the wrong time, you know, he was the wrong age, the wrong everything. I think that really is the sign of the one because yeah. no matter what, they, they fight for you. They do fight Definitely. for you. So how does this relationship differ for you? Like, because, you know, you must have learned quite a lot along the way. And, you know, are you still in reality TV now or just with the podcast? You still do the yeah. show? So yeah, we're still doing everything. So, you know, we have YouTube. The show just got picked up for season 10. We haven't started anything yet. There's that. But yeah, and then we do the podcast together. And he just compliments me perfectly. We're literally such a good match, such a good team. I love that we can work together. And I've never really had that type of support from someone before. And it just, it just works so well. I was and just talking I've about never that. Been this happy. I was yeah. just talking about that today because I've never worked with my husband either. And I think mm -hmm. the one, you know, when you sort of find someone, especially when you're in this business, you know, I, everyone goes, well, how can you work with him? How can you do all this stuff? And, and it's actually much easier because no one knows your brand like they do. Okay. No one's going to understand, you know, your workload like you do. And you're going to have to have the, those, those people help you anyway. And you may as well make it fun for you and keep him around. And actually, instead of because doing reality TV and all the things that we do can, you know, cause such a big separation that watching, you should watch, I just watched Nabila last night and I watched um, John Luca documentary and it's all about how they are teams with their other halves and mm -hmm. how much they do together to build your empire. And if, if, they, if a man can put his ego aside and ride your train, you're going to do very well. And that's such a rare thing. And that shows your sort of, he's your soulmate. Absolutely. And even though I've done the show with other guys in the past, it was never like, we were working together, building a brand, building a future like Brock and I are doing together. So it's just, it's the best. I mean, especially, you know, in the pandemic, just him being able to work from home and be here throughout my whole pregnancy. And now, you know, we don't miss, I mean, unless we have to be out of town for work or travel, but we don't miss time with Summer. We don't have to send her to daycare. We're so fortunate that we have our family. We got to be home with her every day and we don't miss any of these moments. So I'm very lucky. And he is an incredible father, like literally the best. I couldn't imagine a better partner and father for my daughter. Let's take a little pause. And I want to tell you about Cozy Earth. I can't tell you how this kind of hits home right now. Don't know if you can hear, but it's just started raining and I'm in Bali, but I'm sitting in my bamboo bedroom talking about Cozy Earth, which is really soft materials made from viscose and bamboo fabrics. They are responsibly and sustainably sourced materials directly from the earth so that you can get your restorative sleep that you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. Cozy Earth is temperature regulating, which means it will keep you cool and comfortable all night long. I mean, I know that you guys know how much I love my bedroom and how much I love my own sanctuary. So they do everything from loungewear, which I'm a big, big fan of. And it's sort of, 
I can't really explain the material, but it feels like cotton, but softer. And it gets better and better with washes. So it's so nice to sleep in. You know, they have those gorgeous little pyjama sets with the short sleeves and shorts and sort of men's T-shirts, if you like to sleep in that. Ultra soft bamboo pullovers and leggings that you can travel in um, or sleep in, but you can um, travel in them. Towels. The sheets are fabulous and they're not expensive. The sheets are available in five colours, white, light grey, driftwood, charcoal and oats. So there's something for everyone. They have a 10-year warranty on all their products, which must mean they're good because I've never heard of this before. And a 100-night sleep test. That means you can try them for 100 nights and if you don't love it, you can send them back for a full refund, which is also unheard of. And they've provided for me an offer for my listeners today for 35% off site-wide when you use the code DND, site-wide. That's unbelievable. So go to Cozy Earth and put in the code DND for 35% off your shopping today. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. You're about to enter season 10. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy. If you could give someone advice going into reality TV, I mean, you know, I get asked this all the time. What do you think keeps you sane, really? Ooh, keeps me sane. I mean, am I sane all of the time? <laughs> I think therapy is good for everyone. Meditation, surrounding yourself with the right people. Being close with my family, that all keeps me grounded. I mean, I do feel like I go insane during the actual season when we're filming. And then, you know, you have to play it back and watch it and then see what everyone else says about it. There's nothing normal about this type of life. But I think if you're just confident in who you are and your relationships and your friendships, then, you know, you know, you're showing up, you're doing your job, you're making a good show. And you have to have thick skin. If you don't have thick skin, this is not the business for you. Actually, I think that's really, really key. I think it's all about, it's not about being numb to it, but it's just about sort of, I guess it is character building really, because you, you do mm -hmm. have to hold, you can't go home and put upon, you know, your, your husband always, you need to, you still need to have a life outside the show. And 10 years is, you know, a long time. You've been on it a long, long time. Did you ever think about leaving? Yeah, I mean, we haven't started next season yet. So nothing is like for sure right now. I just, you know, the show is picked up. And if that's the right move for us, then you'll see us back. But um, nothing is for sure just yet. Well, it's exciting. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when when you're doing a reality TV show, and obviously you've been through quite a few relationships in that 10 years on the show did you find it sort of much harder to have a relationship because of the stress of of filming or do you think that you know you know all these things would have happened regardless yeah I think all of these things would have happened regardless maybe sooner maybe longer I think you know eventually like the show didn't cause my ex-husband's pill problem. That was something pre-existing. I do think the show, it, it's a hundred percent the reason that Rob and I broke up, which is fine because I'm glad that that did happen and it happened the way it did and how quickly it did because it allowed me time to move to Las Vegas, headline a show, move on with my life and then come back 
single confident and do another two seasons. And now having Brock, it's the best because I've never felt like I have a full supportive partner who's like in this for the long run with me will show up for not a dollar and be happy to be there to support me because my last two relationships were not like that. It wasn't like, we want to be on the show. We want to be there for you. It was like, oh, I have to do this because Sheena's job requires it. So what do you think is the most sort of exciting thing that you has ever come from the show? What do you think you gain from doing something like that, you know, in your life? I think I've learned a lot about myself and that's, the one good thing about the internet trolls is they see you in a different way. They don't see you in a loving way like your family does. They see your flaws. They see the mistakes you make in a different way. But in that way, it's also helped me to grow. And I see things in myself that, you know, I didn't like and I want to work on and I want to be better. So having your whole life documented on television and on social media, it really as you look at yourself in a different light. And I think that that's actually helped me grow and become a more self-aware, confident and good person. That's actually very interesting because having gone back onto the TV show now, when I did the first show, Twitter wasn't such a scary place as it is today. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Twitter is not Instagram. Twitter is brutal. And I never really read any of the blogs or anything like that because Instagram's a beautiful place to be. But everywhere, <laughs> Twitter is not not quite. But so it's interesting yeah. that you do you do you buy into that? Do you read all of this? Because I told them not to. I do. I read mostly everything because you know, like I said, I've learned a lot about myself from reading those comments. I just don't let them ruin my day. I don't cry about it. I'm not upset that someone said that. All fire back sometimes when people say something. The only thing that really bothers me is when people are basing what they're saying off an edit, off a produced show and not off the full who I am as a person. And that frustrates me because anyone who not only watches the show, but also watches my vlogs on YouTube and listens to my podcast, you can judge me because you have a full understanding of who I am as a person. The people who just judge me based on, you know, a few scenes they saw last night, And then they're like, oh my God, she's the blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's actually not all of who I am as a person. And what you didn't see is this. And I know they hate when we say stuff like that, but it's so frustrating because if the whole story was told, I guarantee you wouldn't be saying this to me. And that's what's frustrating, but that's where, you know, I also understand this is what I signed up for. It comes with the territory But that's the only time it bothers me is when I'm being judged on an edit and I know that's not actually the story. Yeah, that is hard because you're not allowed to explain yourself. And Mm -hmm. that can be quite, quite hard because you exactly as you say, you're seeing you're seeing a snippet. But at the end of the day, I think it's just learning how to, I never read the blogs. I've started to read Twitter, but I kind of came in and out because I also have this thing that it's just, you know, you're right. I don't want to be judged on something that you you need to listen to the podcast. You need to hear my story. You need to watch YouTube and then, then decide whether 
this is fake or that's fake or my life's fake mm -hmm. or I'm not real or whatever else. And I think, you know, it's just not for any young girls going into something like this. The rewards are good. Like, I mean, you know, you get to work with your husband. You don't have to go to an office. You can have a lot of fun. You can build amazing relationships. But the downside is this and you just have to get a thick skin. And I've, I've completely forgot because it's a whole new world to where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, watching you grow up on, on, on this, it's interesting that you're saying the same because even probably when you started, it wasn't as harsh as it is today. Oh, no, it's so different. And I think it's gone in waves where in the beginning, it was great for me. I had a lot of support because the girls were mean to me. And so I was the one a lot of people related to. And But I, at the same time, to the mean girls in the world, I was the annoying one. I was the one they didn't like because of whatever. And then about season, I think four and five is when it got really hard for me when I was struggling with issues in my relationship. I had like put on some weight. I wasn't feeling the most confident about myself. And then once I lost weight in the healthiest way ever by actually working out and watching what I ate, then I'm getting judged for being anorexic when that was something I actually struggled with in college. And I was very offended by people saying that when that wasn't the case. I would have women come into Sir, and when I was waiting on them, they'd be like, you know, you should like really take a break and eat a burger. You're just too skinny. And that was so frustrating for me because I'm like, who's to say that thin equals anorexic? Like I do eat. And there are things around that time, season five, that were difficult for me. And then I had said some naive and uneducated comments about addiction and alcoholism. And I didn't really understand it at the time. I was like, I don't understand why he can't just drink a drink to catch a buzz. Why does he have to drink and get so drunk? And people are like, Sheena, when someone's an alcoholic, they can't control it. When they have an addiction, you know, it's a disease. And then I really started researching more about that. And I understood so much more about the disease. Whereas I just thought he partied too much and just couldn't help himself. And once I realized more then, you know, that helped me just become more self-aware and more educated on the subject. And that was something that I don't think I would have had without the show. I would have just had a bunch of supportive friends who agreed with me and supported my divorce. But the trolls were the ones who were like, actually, you know, here's this about alcoholics. Here's this about addiction. And I really learned a lot about that and about myself and about him. But at the end of the day, it was still not a relationship I could stay in because the trust was broken multiple times. I mean, that's actually fascinating, Sheena. You know, like for someone, again, you were so young when you've started in this kind of arena and I call it kind of like a bull ring. So I really want to thank you for coming on and, and speaking today because what I think anybody that, first of all, I didn't know what I was going to get having watched you on the show and you've had like, you know, you've had your moments, but we all do. And I was expecting a very different human. And today I think you've shown everybody or you, especially me that, you know, you're extremely well-rounded, you're extremely grounded and you have a very good grasp on life. And, you know, whether it's growing up on TV and on the show and having people, as you said, 
you know, they do. They, they every every bad part about you is microscopically looked at by people, mm-hmm. which maybe wouldn't have been when you've you know just got a group of friends around you. That it actually makes you. I can helicopter myself as well and very well and say, you know what, look, and and tell myself off. So I do think that doing reality TV, although it does sort of put us out there and give us this huge platform it also grounds us in so many ways i think we do start off going oh my god i'm on tv whoa but that goes yeah. quite soon you know it's not like Definitely. especially when you're in an ensemble cast like we are you know it's not like you get to be this it's not your show it's not like you know it's not all about sheena it's not all about caroline so every time we get too big for our boots someone else rolls into town that always keeps us level too so i'm really really happy for where you are today and really excited to see what's next for you and the wedding and everything and i'm wishing you you really the best in your future thank you again so everybody that wants to catch up with what sheena is doing she has a podcast on Dear Media called Shenanigans. Where else can they find you? I have my YouTube channel. You just search Sheena Shea and then Sheena on Instagram. And I'm, I'm occasionally on Twitter, but not as much anymore because you're right. It's just not the same as it used to be. It's not. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sheena. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 